me, let me pull up the horror subreddit and see what was said. <laughs> Just read oh, do you know what's what whatever it says. On- that's, that's what I do anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard some stuff for sure. Let's hope I can Ooh, remember them. Crackly as hell all of a sudden. Death. Crackly? That's all right. I think it, that was It'll just be fine the on connection. End, I'm yeah. sure, but. My yeah. end is perfect. Listen, we went through it like ten minutes last time where we we just straight he was talking we like, just we just yeah. kept going yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh there's a new Lovecraft uh, uh, country teaser so that's interesting yeah I just saw that but I have not had a chance to watch it well let's start talking about yet? what's that did you finish the book yet uh, no I'm getting getting close though um, I'm actually reading it with a student though so I'm not trying to get too far ahead gotcha. Uh, let's go. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Horrible Podcast, where we bring you uniquely face value reviews of horror movies and do other things during this quarantine time. You know the drill at this point, I'm sure. We're in weird times. It's been a weird week. Weirder week than even normal. Uh, that's why we're even, part of why we're recording a little bit late today. Uh, I'm here, Devin, with some of the co-hosts. Blooster's not here tonight, but I have Dylan here. Hey, What's going what's, on, buddy? What's up, buddy? It's really weird to be like the first one up to the bat to say how you're doing. It's giving me less time to prep about. I know, I'm yeah, I'm sure that's strange. I, I definitely th- uh, threw off the order. Man, uh, I, I kind of miss Blooster. Uh, that's how I'm doing. Is I'm just missing Blooster mostly. Missing Bloots. He'll be back. He's somewhere around here, really close to you guys geographically. So, I, I guess I don't know. We I don't keep tabs on him. I don't have a track. On him. <laughs> you're right. He could be anywhere. I, I I see him walking around the neighborhood sometimes. What do they call that? Uh, Taking little walks. What do they call that? Gug. That's what do they what call, call the tracking when uh, when you were tracking for coronavirus? What's that term they use? Do they tracking do they it? Uh, when you, when I don't you, know what you're talking about. When you like you you figure there's a fucking term for when like you you figure out where they've been and who they've been in, in touch with. It's oh. something tracking. Come on! I don't, oh, pizza I don't know. Pizza tracking. Pizza tracking. That's what you're. It's pizza oh yeah, tracking. the, the yeah. tracker. <laughs> uh, I'll find out what that's called. So every uh, so many listeners right now are like, "These guys are so stupid." Is it? Just we never claimed to no, be anything they're like, else. This is a hilarious podcast. This is I love real it. funny stuff. I think it's data tracking or something like that. I'll figure it out. Anyway, that's, uh, that's just what that's just what your phone always does. Data tracking? No. Uh, anyway, Manton, how are you doing? I'll figure this out. I'm uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I spent like. Contact um, tracing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, it is. Well, thank God. Now we can. Now we can just end the podcast right now. We're, we're good. Um. Yeah, I spent like uh, two hours making this like um like chili mac and cheese because I like. Ooh, damn. I it was way longer than I savage. intended. It was yeah, but it was it was really good. It's like because I had to like. You know, it was legit. It was like from from scratch completely. So Fuck yeah. it was really hard, but uh, it was it was kind of worth it, I guess. I mean, it's, it's all right. <laughs> it made a lot of it. There was a lot of it, so that's that's good. That's one of the risks of uh, doing any recipe that you're just absolutely craving is if you never Dude, tried this it before is, this and is you kind of blow like, it, you get too much of it. This is the problem I've been running into because I've been like cooking and baking a lot during all this, and like, um, anytime I find a recipe, like it'll say like quick and easy, thirty minutes, and I'm like, oh, it's cool, always bullshit. perfect. And it's, I'm like, this is 30 minutes for, like, Guy Fieri. This is not 30 <laughs> minutes for just a guy, me. <laughs> just guy. Guy versus Man Guy Fieri. Fieri. <laughs> yeah. Not not good, but but I mean, it boy turned Fieri. out good. We're Boy Fieri, if anything. <laughs> it's still, true, yeah. still Boy Fieri, yeah. Haven't been to Flavortown yet. Yeah, Flavortown. <laughs> I'd, love. We haven't... I'd love to go to Flavortown. I'm still stuck in the Flavor Boonies. Well, we're not old enough to get a permit to get into Flavortown yet. <laughs> You must be this tall. <laughs> uh, Still in Flavor Village. <laughs> is, that, is that what we would call a village? Is like not quite a town, I guess. Flavor. It's just a small town. Yeah, village. What about Flavor City? Flavor Metropolis. That's okay. yeah. Flavor Town is kind of in the middle anyway. Yeah, it's not a metropolis. That's exactly. Like, that's elevated. That's when he's really man fury. I'm. I'm betting Guy would say anybody's got an open invite to Flavor Town. I, I would think so. He's, Actually, he's Flavor City is yeah. exclusive though. He he doesn't let anybody in that one. Wow, what's his problem? <laughs> he's the he's the only one who's transcended enough to go to it. I guess that's fair. It is Guy Fieri after all, and we're just a bunch of boy Fieris. I, I love how uh, like just popular culture did a one eighty, maybe like a three sixty on Guy Fieri. Oh yeah, like like we speak, we've always been pretty high on. No, I was gonna say we've always been pretty high okay. on Guy Fieri. Like I like the dude, but uh, like for a while there, everybody's like, oh, Guy Fieri's a piece of shit. Like 
after he got really popular. Well, like, so this he, is what he looks like one. He just, dresses. He, he cosplays. He dresses like a doofus. I, so. I have I've contact traced Guy Fieri for fifteen years. So <laughs> basically, what happened was I legitimately I, I used to watch the, the, the Food Network all the time, and he had a show where he same. Would, I, I think we watched it with you. Yeah. yeah, everybody did this, but he had uh, his his Guy Fieri show. It was like a thirty minute show, and he would make a really awesome meal. It was very quick and easy to, to watch, and then he would always end it with this Mondo cocktail. So I was like, this is sick. So he'd, <laughs> he would do a, a big meal and a, and a cocktail. That was it. And he would just do his, he would say funny stuff. Then he made a triple D diners, drive-ins and dives. And that's when he became kind of a joke because he was just, he went full guy Fieri. And well, yeah. I, and if you make we, enough gifts of him eating stuff and watching like yeah. mashed potatoes fall out of his mouth, yeah, yeah, it's it's like shredding on an air guitar and saying onion <laughs> jam. And like, we, so then we were like full on irony, but like this guy's a doofus, but this is still funny. Plus he did, it was a great show because he would go to places near us, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and, and show these incredible restaurants. So we, I actually went to some of those restaurants. We did that for your birthday. Yeah, one year. yeah, we just yeah. for my birthday one year. A triple yeah. D spot. Yeah, yeah. It was called Terry's Turf Club, baby, in Cincinnati. Check it out. And I was uh, ejecting Terry's Turf Club from my butt the entire <laughs> ride back. <laughs> so anyway, that, I was I was hear about that story from uh, Blue Streak because like that was the first time he ever hung yeah. out with you. That yeah, was, was very my first very major Blue Streak experience. He got the full Dylan treatment. That, exactly. That might yeah. have been literally the ten year ten ten year anniversary of 9-11 i think we've talked about this <laughs> but uh anyway then he got really big for his britches and like there was a video of him getting in a, like a fist fight with his hairstylist in a parking lot had a hairstylist <laughs> yeah he had like a fucking on fucking crew like <laughs> hairstylist and they got him it's him like yelling at him and fighting him so that's the funny funniest fucking thing so everyone's like this guy's a piece of shit then he had this stupid game show called um Minute, minute to, to win, win it, it yeah. which is so ridiculous. Oh, wow. God, his career has been bananas. It's been insane. And then he just kind of went back to normal, humble old um, guy. Well, I, I think I think he was doing a lot of like like cool stuff behind the scenes, like he was, charity work and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's like a thing, that. that's a thing too. He did a lot of great stuff during this crisis about paying, um, you know, uh, servers and and, and whatnot. Uh, and yeah, uh, there's another yeah. cool story about how. Oh, what was it? Um, he has a gay sister, and he did something where he like married over. A hundred gay couples. Uh, mm, can, can you imagine uh, maybe, yeah. getting married by Guy Fieri? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I like to imagine that what what that actually means is he's actually married to a hundred gay. <laughs> yeah, he just actually married into them. He yes. he officiated one hundred and one gay weddings in <laughs> in Florida of all places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really funny and, Se- and cool. Seems like a good. I say funny because it was obviously a slight at the stupid ass state, uh, but in general, oh, right, right, right. it's a cool, cool thing to do. So yeah, now like I have, I have full respect for him. He also has this another show. Um, I don't know this one. It's basically like a supermarket sweep style show where you have to like run through the guys' grocery games. Yes, holy shit! Yeah. What it is? Jeez, a, triple Triple D historians in the house right now. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved Triple D, but I don't know anything about this new one. Damn. I've never seen it. I just know the the name of it. Yeah. See, the thing is, Triple D came on back when people had television and cable it was prime tivo era too so it was like one of those things where like yeah fuck it i'll just put all of this on my uh TV right drive. yeah yeah Damn. we should definitely we should do an, another we could easily do an offshoot podcast the guy fieri flavortown podcast or something <laughs> or just we, like finding guy where we just trace all of his yeah. triple d it's just spots. yeah it's, it's it's like searching for bobby fisher but we're searching for guy fieri <laughs> <laughs> also the only reason i even saw triple d was because the landlord's son um Stripped the he lived in the cable walls? line and, and gave us um free gave us wow. illegal cable for free. Your landlord oh, yeah. is just more and more weird and mysterious every time you talk <laughs> well, this, about it. This him. was his son. This was his son. Did you live in the walls like, like the he's boy? Like, you guys want you guys want cable or like uh, it's, sure. it's extra weird to me though that he had a son. That's news to me. Now. That he had a son and his son knew how to do that. And also when you it, say it, his son, his son's like much, 40 much more normal guy. Is he like forty years old? His son? Um, no, his son was a little older than us. Okay. Well, so. Yeah, so now he's probably like forty at this. Yeah, because when you say son, I legitimately always think of a little boy, like, the, like a little boy <laughs> in the movie, the boy. Yeah, his, his like teenage son named fucking Xander came over. <laughs> Why Xander? It just sounds like a, a, a young person, solid teen bull. Yeah. Is that like a yeah a Gen Z name? I guess. Yeah, sure. All right, good, good stuff. Um, well, that'll do it, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we, we, you guys know our our, uh, our our thing here. We don't really have much to talk about other than horror news and what's been going on. I guess we'll talk about quarantine first. And uh, for me, I've been completely essentially out of work, but still keeping busy. And uh, 
But in me and me and Matt went went uh, back to the old salty bet tournament, the well tonight, or this this morning ish, this early afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. we've been doing a lot of that recently, and we're also salty bet's still fun. If you go to salty bet's uh, the website, whatever it is, we've talked about it. Algorithm of a bunch of dumbass fighting characters that should never fight each other. AI, everybody bets uh, fake money, ridiculous stuff. But the tournaments are fun. Uh, on top of that. We're talking about streaming some games soon as Deadly Premonition 2 comes out and Ooh. The Last of Us 2 comes out. So I'm going to probably be watching Manton stream that. I uh, would uh, I would watch Deadly Premonition because I tried to play it once and woof. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It's yeah. a, it's it's the lynch of video games, and uh, that's why I understand why Manton loves it. It's it's just being Twin Peaks, but well, it spe- plays like Twin Peaks would play if it was a video game. Too. We're on the topic, and Manton will be able to elaborate because we, we, he's the expert, obviously. But I just watched the, the teaser for the second season, and Manton wasn't lying when he told me it's just straight up. True oh, Detective. you watched it? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so funny because like yeah, the um the the first game takes all, a lot of notes from Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks, yeah. But um the the second one they they put out like the the opening video which. By the way, like Deadly Premonition is just like a, a horror game, a somewhat obscure horror game um, from about I don't know something like ten years ago. Um, but uh, the the new one looks dead up. Like the the intro for it is just straight yeah. up True Detective, and it's funny because they are even using the same narrative device of having two separate time periods and everything. So yeah, he, like the the guy the that directs these games, uh, he's known as Sweary. And he um, he's not shy about like his influences, uh, what he, what he likes. Good, but I, but I would say that like I think um, what, what, what kind of separates him like what kind of separates Deadly Premonition from Twin Peaks is that Deadly Premonition um, really changes gears, especially like once you get about a quarter of the way into it, and it's not quite the the ripoff of Twin Peaks. A lot of people say that it is, and also I think that like that style of uh, media works a little bit better in games where you know you have these long drawn out weird sequences but because they're interactive and you you kind of have like some control over what's happening I think they're a little more engaging for the average person than sitting down to watch like, I, a I totally film. agree there like a lot of what doesn't work for me for Lynch is being captive to exactly the weirdness he wants like me to experience and and mm-hmm. not understand and not fucking give me the full picture. I do like right. a lot of video games that pull from the kind of Lynch aesthetic uh, mm-hmm. and they, they work a lot better for me. That that like level of tonal weirdness uh, works for me really well in games. Like I, I love the Yakuza games, but those like I don't really care for a lot of like the anime and Lynch stuff that some of that pulls from, but it just works in spite of it. So yeah, I, I totally just, agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, streaming capability is is a godsend right now during this bullshit. So I love <laughs> right, it. built yeah. in now to Discord, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I should explain it for anybody who might be interested. And I, I, a lot of you probably know this. Some of you probably don't. But you can stream through the the chat client or whatever Discord, which is just a better version of Skype and whatnot. And we've been seriously doing that on a nightly basis. Not just you know me and Manton, but like we have a group with basically all our friends it could be literally you know 50 people and we just have little channels within our little chat and one will be like a streaming channel one will be like we're gonna watch salty bets one is gonna be like hey we're all playing this um mining game so we'll get in the streaming channel and like pretty much any given night someone will be streaming something like my brother uh, streams xcom um um, yeah game's fun to watch my other brother streams uh, uh deep rock galactic which is a game we all play when he plays uh, I'll sometimes just stream like uh, another stream if I'm watching somebody, you know, a video game tournament or uh, sometimes if I'm watching Netflix uh, and I'll just put on whatever I'm watching on Netflix, which may or may not be legal, but everybody has Netflix or everybody knows somebody who has Netflix. So, uh, so yeah, it's a good way to uh, kind of, we, we, we have a channel called Boys Around the TV. So we'll be like, hey, we're watching this weird, you know, obscure 80s movie at 7 p.m. And then people will just jump in the channel. But yeah, Discord and streaming in general has been real fun uh, recently. Any thoughts on that? For sure. That's it. No, you you said it as perfect. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend get Discord. Uh, if if you're not using it just to to game, then use it to watch and share the same stream or video or, or uh, movie. Yeah, and also by the way, we have our own Discord for horrible podcasts. So that's a, g- a great point. And I literally just yeah. asked for met- <laughs> for uh, questions in it just now, and I yeah. have a few responses from exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can just go to horriblepodcast.com, and um, we have a link to the Discord in there. It'll let you join. Yes, and uh, it's it's relatively active. You know, we talk we 
chat shit about horror stuff in there pretty often. It's what we're active. using right now to record. Yeah, we are yep. using it to record. It's more active than yep. I ever would have expected, and I'm using it recently to get some uh, listener questions because Lord knows we we need some some sweet sweet tent to talk about some content. With we uh, have we have somewhat of a lot this week because we have. We've we've all between the three of us we've seen a few movies this week. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And back at it. I was a little bit uh, nervous, not only having three people, but I don't think it's gonna be a problem at all. Uh, let's go through some weird horror news first off. Sure. Um, a few things that I just find interesting. Uh, this is just I'm just gonna read the the, the headline. I don't even want to go in more further. We'll see what we can get out of this. But Ryan Gosling is set to play the Wolfman I in yeah. Universal. Yeah. Re- yeah. What is that about? Yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you guys think? I, I'm okay. really into it. After uh, Invisible Man slaps as hard as it does, uh, they yeah, I think sure. are right on track. Oh, now okay, I could with, see uh, that bringing back the Universal but Monsters. That, that, that Invisible Man you was like that, barely barely maybe. connected to the the original Invisible Man, right? No, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a, a different take from the original, but yeah. it is still you know a, a reboot of the franchise well, such as it is. I, I was going to say like Invisible Man is kind of the odd one out because. Before that, we had I Frankenstein, which is oh, dog shit. Oh fuck! I forgot that's part and of that. And then after yeah. that, we had the Mummy with Tom Cruise, yeah. well, which I, I still haven't seen. I but. think they're I think they're going back to the drawing board from what it looks like, giving it in kind of different ways, like they did to Lou and L for Invisible Man, and kind of taking a, a smaller step back. They're not trying to do the Avengers thing that I think they were trying to build up to. No, with, I hope not. With all oh, that, yeah, yeah. So, I, I would I would love to see this like tonally be sort of like a horror comedy almost, or like a very I, like. I'm almost actually um, into it for straight horror because I, I want to see really? Ryan Gosling kind of reprise his drive character where yeah. kind of like oh, God. on surface oh, level God. mild mannered but like absolutely violent and horrific underneath it. That could so be cool, yeah. I think he's the right call. I would watch Ryan Gosling fucking eat paint, do anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm reading this article now a little bit and I think it's pretty funny. I don't know if this is funny to you guys, but it says he's... You know, he's steam ahead, uh, full steam ahead on the reboot of its iconic Wolfman franchise with Ryan Gosling. And in parentheses, it just mentions the nice guys, like as if, like, <laughs> that's, oh, that's the only thing you'll know. You only know him from the 2016 movie with Russell Crowe. From the Crow. Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm pretty sure we know who Ryan Gosling is. And if you don't, then I don't think the nice guys is going to be the one to help you. <laughs> I've heard that movie's really good, actually. Uh, I've seen it. It's great. But, I'm like, really I actually forgot, I forgot about it almost immediately. I watched it on an airplane, 2016. It, it's a really solid airplane watch if that makes yeah. any sense no totally that actually makes perfect sense yeah. <laughs> um okay so this really interests me i don't this could be a complete face plant a complete flop but I, there's just so many reasons to be interested in this there's I, you guys have probably heard this have seen this there's a new very 80s homage very 2020 ish you know in the past four years ish horror movie coming out kind of indie that it looks like a like, yeah, like an 80s slasher almost a your nexty type movie and the fucking villain is a straight up escaped Nazi prisoner, fucking scary ass Kevin James. I I didn't realize that he was a Nazi in it, but I saw uh, yes. rumors of this that he's he's playing a villain. He's playing a villain Nazi prisoner escaped, um, and it's called Becky, and it's about a thirteen year old girl essentially, her her family gets uh, essentially home invaded by this by the, by uh, Kevin James and some other guy. And Joe McHale is the dad, which is another pretty funny two thousands huh. throwback uh, guy. Um, so yeah, you have Joel McHale and, and Kevin James in this eighties kind of home invasiony horror movie called Becky. The eighties and like Nazi angle of it, I'm less interested in. But the fact that Kevin James is playing a villain, I'm, so I'm kind of intrigued. down for. I I really do like you know we've we've talked about it before, but comedians taking dramatic or or scary or horror roles, yes. like something out outside of that wheelhouse. They typically really knock out of the park, and I'm not a huge fan of Kevin James, but I think that he he really has See, what it could take to be a scary home invader. I'm torn because I I genuinely genuinely loved King of Queens when it, when it was on. Like I think it was genuinely hilarious. And my brother, and you're you're a you're a big Blart head too, right? I'm a big oh, Blart head. I definitely, I definitely saw Blart in theaters, but that was ironically to go back to the whole guy <laughs> theory. That, that was when I was in college, and we all got drunk as fuck, and we went into theaters and watched it. I still thought it was funny, but uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I also liked his comedy bit. Sweat the small stuff. It's just sweat the small stuff. It's just genuine. 
general dumb, just like funny stuff that that's not political at all. You're you're also a huge fan of, uh, and I pronounce you Chuck and Larry, right? A big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, God, I, I've actually seen that. Have you guys it's, seen that? It's awful. No, yeah. I, it's would ne- I would never. I would never watch shit. that. No, it's um, really regressive too. But anyway, oh, absolutely. I say I'm torn because I I thought genuinely growing up he was funny, but then he he, he became a fucking multimillionaire. Started taking really dumb roles, and he then took the Adam Sandler route. His best bud. Yeah, but Adam Sandler. His husband Chuck. Or yeah, Larry. You're, you're right. Yeah, I, I suppose. But Adam, he redeemed himself with his most recent comedy special, which is fucking perfect uh, viewing. If anyone hasn't seen that, it's one of the best things I've ever seen in comedy. Uh, but um, but yeah, uh, he also got kind of political. Like all of a sudden, Kevin James, he did a new routine where he was just like, "What's it with all these people who are eating vegan food? Like, just let oh, me okay. have a fucking." And it's just like, oh, "Okay, buddy, we get it." Like he goes off on those kind of things, and probably probably a big pronoun. Dude. The last like, bastion of has been uh, white comedians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now I'm torn, but. It seems like he's been out of the limelight quite a bit in the past at least couple years, I want to say. I don't, I don't know. Have you guys seen him do anything recently? Not really, no. So, I literally just like assume that... I, I don't know. I just assume that there's like a new Paul Blart every year and he just perpetually <laughs> just does Paul Blart. Like blarting around. So, yeah, you're, the funny thing is... I. I, I went through this list of like the the, the richest actors, and like I, I couldn't believe a few years ago, Kevin James is like top ten, maybe top five. The dude is what? fucking like filthy rich right now. But um, I, I think it really just is because of Paul Blart. Like that movie is weirdly, it's, really, it's really not because of. I mean, I mean, obviously that's a big one, but the dude was in like a thousand things. Like the, on that gr- sweet yeah. Blart cash. The grown, yeah, the grown ups franchise and everything. Oh god, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's worth a hundred million dollars, and Jesus, and he was making. Uh, he was making a shit ton of like. Let's see what he's making per episode. He was making like two hundred thousand dollars an episode of Kevin Can Wait on CBS. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Which is like they were paying him way too much for that. Man, I don't know anything about the show, but that title is pretty great. I do. Is that still on? Kevin Can Wait. Let's look. This I, up. I've never even heard of it, dude. It's like it's it's literally the same two actors from King of Queens. It's his wife, um, Carrie from the the original, and it's still on. I think. No, no, 2016, two seasons. So it's like, it's basically like a mini series, like True Detective. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Kevin can wait. uh, Yeah. Here comes the boom, whatever that is. Who knows? That's the one where uh, he fat but him dunked basketball, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God. (laughs) The dude is actually funny, but his fucking whole shticks that that he's been forced to do for fucking 20 years. That that whole, like, Adam Sandler and his Happy Madison crew is just a bunch of dudes who are like, I don't have to try. I'm just going to make a ton of money. Oh, yeah. It's absurd. But you guys, again, I renewed respect for Adam because of both uh, Uncut Gems and his new comedy special. I say new, it's probably a year or two old. If you guys haven't seen it, it's fucking, like, legitimately incredible. Um it's called. Does he do the the Adam Sandler voice? Does he do a "Stop looking at me, Swan" kind of moment? <laughs> he, he does a little bit, but it's 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 a really remarkable. It's called 100 percent Fresh," and it's like uh, it's a, just a really remarkable um, comedy routine with like very vintage Sandler, but also some very new stuff. And it it and it it'll bring a tear to your eye at points too. Like it's it, it it's a it's a tearjerker sometimes. Uh, and it's just actually like Little Nicky. It's 90 percent fresh <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, just like Little Nicky. Just like Little Nicky. <laughs> Yeah, definitely oh. a huge recommendation. I think it's on Netflix, so fucking watch 100% Fresh. If, you're, if you've ever enjoyed Adam Sandler, that's the best thing I've seen him do with that and Uncut Gems in literally, you know, two decades. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, to go fully back, uh, Becky, uh, I saw the trailer, and it looks pretty cool. It's shot like you would imagine any fucking movie from the past four years was shot. It looks kind of like Summer of 84, the way it's kind of like it's, – it's shot with all, obviously normal, new uh, – um, uh, technology, cameras, production, but they do like the the the, the kind of hammy zoom, yeah, zoom ins and stuff like that, and they got some of the synthy stuff going on. So th- you'll get all of that, but you get the addition of Kevin fucking James act- <laughs> acting really fucked up. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested in that. Uh, other than that, those are the two major things. Did anybody see anything else possible or that we could talk? I guess we we just mentioned. Lovecraft Country teaser. I really want to see that. Oh, and first teaser is great. Yeah, I'm. I'm haven't seen the second one yet, but uh, I'm, I'm on board. Yes, and they did. 
this is I don't know how big of a news this is or what this really indicates, but they finally gave a rating to Godzilla vs Kong, which seems to be our weekly update. Hey, okay. rated X for for <laughs> giant, dong, <laughs> giant gorilla dong. No, it got the exact rating everyone expected, PG thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I guess that at least I guess that means it exists. At that, least yes, at this point. It, it's an indicator that it's actually on track to come out. And <laughs> this article from Shock Day Drop says that it's still like there's no reason to believe it won't be still coming out in November. Okay, mm, I can okay. wait. I, I I am still on. You board. know who else can I, wait? Kevin can wait. So if he can wait. <laughs> you can definitely wait. I was saying I'm I'm still kind of on board for the uh, uh, monster verse or whatever. Uh, they, they haven't had like I think Skull Island is great, but I think the rest of them are like yeah. pretty okay. Yeah. I'm just I, I want to see more of them. I'm kind of digging the American take on Godzilla and and King Kong was pretty dope in the last one. I'm just so, ready for fucking know. Adam Winger to fucking. Just be show done with it. Well, first, dick. show us that fucking dick. Show us your dick. Show us the gorilla dick. And just to get his fucking... Uh, be, Free up his schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just go <laughs> back to... do to a straight up horror. <laughs> actually start doing stuff again. Like, stop talking about yeah, doing shit and yeah. do stuff. Or people need to just stop attaching him to shit that he's probably not going to do. <laughs> I mean, he's been working on this movie for... Because they, they announced it around the same time as the other one. Dude, yes. That, it's, you know, that already came it's out. It's been four so. years. I'm, I, it's, yeah. it's been fucking four years. Like I, I've never, I don't remember waiting for a movie that long ever. Uh, I, I guess I'm still waiting for the Halo movie that was announced in 2004. <laughs> that's never happened. God. Uh, uh. Yeah, seriously, like that. That's the longest I've been waiting for. And I don't even fucking care that much. I've, I've, I'm more fucking anticipating seeing this dong than anything. Like that's the oh, big, for sure. That's the biggest thing I want to see uh, figuratively and literally. <laughs> literally. literally. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, it's like, all right, like King Kong movie, sure, those, they've been okay recently, I suppose. And I can't imagine Adam Wingard's spin on it. It's going to be something that's going to fucking be like, oh, wow. I feel like... I've, he, he also might just kind of get drowned out in it. That's what I found with uh, Mike yeah. Doherty's, uh King of the Monsters. I'm going to say, really yeah. Huge, I mean, it, it's, I, at the end of the day, it's a huge, pro- it's a huge production. It's fucking Godzilla and Kong fighting. They're both going to be CGI. Like I don't know what <laughs> what he's going to be able to do. Uh, I can't wait for that that uh, moment where they are about to fight and it starts playing, looking for the magic, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of little nod to something. I don't know. Yeah, Somewhere in the he movie. had he had a nod to your next in uh, the guest. Yeah, yeah, I could see him yeah. having something silly like that. And there's going to be a lot of fucking like snarky, like goth, yeah. gothy humor and, and bullshit. <laughs> but then again, like I think basically zero Doherty came through in uh, Godzilla. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, again, why yeah, yeah, why yeah. I never cared when he took the project, and in hindsight, why I kind of I wish he wouldn't have taken it because I feel like any of a thousand people could have directed that movie because it's just going to be people on fucking CGIing big monster dogs and shit. <laughs> it, I guess it's just frustrating because to me, it's like it doesn't have to be like I I don't know I I get the sense that the production was at least somewhat troubled. I mean, just just based on the final product, like yeah, you had to wonder if maybe. He he almost had a chance to put in more of his voice, or I I almost wonder if maybe like he was a little like too scared, or like it was so such a huge project for him that he didn't find a place to court, sort of insert his own voice into it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's got to be hard to do that. I feel like for a lot of the, I mean, that's been Hollywood's thing for a while is tapping you know up and coming indie directors to just do like big tentpole superhero stuff and. Very few of them do I feel like their voice actually comes through a lot. Uh, it, with the exception of uh, the guy who did Cop Car and Clown uh, in the Spider Man movies, like there's a bit of, of his energy in those too, but mostly I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I think, I think applying out. that energy to like Spider Man is a little easier though yeah. because his movies kind of already had that comic book sort of vibe, but I don't know. Yeah, it'll be something to keep an eye on. <clears throat> um. Okay, what did we have to talk about? I I, I I kind of I feel like I kind of derailed us when we and I said let's talk about some news first. Yeah, I, uh, I, I watched. Uh, I mean, we all watched some more movies this week. I think than we've been doing uh, yeah. lately. Uh, mm-hmm. Picked up. Um, well, actually started started the lodge, which we'd been uh, all kind of like had on our list uh, for a yeah, bit yeah, there. Yeah. I turned it off ten minutes in. I was not fucking in the mood for it. It looks and feels a whole lot like Hereditary, but boring and bad. Uh, and uh, that's. <laughs> It's it's by the the directors of Good Night Mommy. I was willing to give them another shot, but I fucking hate oh, Good God. Night Mommy. Good Night Mommy didn't seem like it was going in much of a different direction from that. It seemed pretty miserable, so I uh, oh. turned that off. And instead, uh, to get rid of that misery, watched Misery. Uh, wow, a movie that I've never seen, but like a couple of scenes on on TV. Same uh, here, yeah. 
wow, that movie's great. Uh, I was really, really impressed by it. I mean, I always heard that it had been one of the better Stephen King adaptations, but uh, it's amazing what uh, what the like the choice of Rob Reiner as a director weirdly does for that movie. It feels kind of like it's a uh, going to be your average like '90s. I don't know, like when Harry met Sally kind of Rob Reiner joint or something like that, but it's fucked up and, and weird and twisted. And Kathy Bates just lifts the hell out of that movie, uh, carries so much on her shoulders, but it was, it was really, really good. I was uh, engaged the entire time and just kind of loved it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's one that has been a blind spot for me. It's when people know that I'm super into horror and know that I haven't seen misery. They're just like, what? But I, I never really considered it just from what I had known that to be like a full on horror movie, but I don't know. It is. Yeah. It, it for sure is. It's it's like more on the the thriller side. Yeah, uh, but it, it's fucked up and it's like it's genuinely scary, intense, uh, and and uh, it, it just stuck with me. I, I enjoyed it. I lo- really loved it. Sweet. Um, we- yeah, I watched um, another movie as well that uh, you guys didn't see, but um, the Vast of Night. Yeah, I, yeah, I watched the Vast of Night. Uh, I just kind of was hearing some buzz about it. it sounded sounded kind of cool. So um, it came out Friday on Amazon Prime and. Uh, just kind of checked it out that night and uh, it was really, really good. It's, um, uh, yeah, I've heard great things. Kind of like a, yeah, it's like a very, very Twilight Zone. I mean, to the point that, like, when the movie starts, it's like someone watching an old timey Twilight Zone episode on the TV. The camera kind of zooms in and we go in sort of into the episode. And, um, it's about, uh, a, a young man and a young woman who are, um, working on, like, the local radio station. And they come across um, a strange signal, and uh, it's it's got very very heavy vibes of um, uh, Pony Pool, pool. Yeah. and uh, really heavy vibes of War of the Worlds to the point that the radio station they work for is called WOTW. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of a cute little nod, but um, yeah, almost the entire movie is just um, people either talking on the phone or talking on the radio, and um, a, a huge amount of it is just kind of hearing people's encounters with this strange entity in the town and so it definitely has that pony pool vibe where kind of what the the most like scary or thrilling moments are parts where someone is just describing to you what they saw uh but yeah it's a it's a really cool little movie i would highly recommend it i got a really soft spot in my heart for that uh after how effective pony pool is at doing that sort of thing it's one of the like weird ways in which i feel like uh, books do things better generally than movies is just, you know, describing things without, uh, you know, fully showing you there and something like Pool where they just straight up fucking don't yeah. show you. Yeah. It works surprisingly well in movies and I kind of want to see more do that trick. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but there's a, there's a, one of my favorite scenes is, uh, where there's a, a man that calls into the radio station is describing how he was sort of, um, almost like forced labor on like in, in an air force base and like the things that he saw on the base and it's it's just impressive how like tense and and thrilling it is just having him describe what 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 that was like awesome yeah uh i'm actually literally looking at an article right now about the uh director andrew patterson and they're talking about how he accomplished so much with so little and kind of like yeah i think it's his first movie yeah i think his first feature film yeah and they're talking about the challenges that come with that and basically the guy asked him like so are you just now the guy like hey let's give this guy a little bit of money and see what he can do and he kind of responds i'm gonna read it out verbatim but he says yeah, I won't go into specifics, but at the very least, the offers I've had since the movie debuted at Slam have indicated that no one is too terribly worried about giving me a lot. <laughs> and I'm not taking those offers necessarily. I'm not necessarily turning them down, but I'm certainly into my own creative work right now. Developing new work is exciting to me. I look forward to making that next. And then if there's a wonderful collaboration I can do at a studio or a production company, that absolutely is on the table for me. So Damn, sounds like he's sticking to his guns. I like that. That's fine. It, it yeah. definitely, like, I, like... You know, I don't want to like oversell the movie because it definitely feels like it's a really good proof of concept or really yes, good um, yeah. proof that 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 he knows what he's doing, basically. So, someone, a buddy of ours, Andrew, you guys know him, um, just just kind of randomly sent me a, a message of a link, and I'll just go ahead and read the fucking the headline of it, and this is perfect to talk about here. And I have no idea what to think about it. Not sure I'm a big fan, but it's just Ari Aster says his next movie, a, quote, zonky nightmare comedy will be four hours long. God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I, I know I know that does kind of worry you guys, and I, I, I 
totally get that but to to me that's like i'm totally on board with that i i really like his brand of of weirdness i like, I like when, his his brand of comedy surprisingly that's not the part yeah, of four hours long the is, that's ridiculous that is yeah i mean the, the reality is like you know he can say that right now but they're not going to release it like that jesus right it comes down to the studio like you know that they're not going to put out a four-hour movie well i don't know it is a24 probably i would imagine and they're pretty they're, they're gonna put out a version so. of it that's probably four hours long sure. like his extended cut of that, the aster cut i hashtag I, release the aster cut i love ari aster i you know whatever i may think about midsummer i think it's still impressive but i, yeah. I don't like this idea that he has that like shit just needs to be longer and more yeah <laughs> I cut back. I think part of what makes Hereditary work so well is that it it feels kind of lightning fast and and fucks with you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think he was missing a lot of in in Midsummer. Not crazy about the idea of him doing four hours of anything, really. Whatever. Yeah. The way I see it is he's earned it. um, And it'll be three hours when it comes out. We we know that's how it's. I mean, at most it'll be three. Next next one will either be a zonky nightmare. We've talked about this already, actually. He already mentioned a zonky nightmare comedy, and he said, or a sickly domestic melodrama. Those are the things he mentioned. I guess He's just throwing out words. He is. And the new news here is that he he wants to make it four hours long. I think he's just talking out of his ass. (laughs) Um, But he also, in that interview we've talked about, which has been mentioned for, you know, a long time ago, is that he loves horror, and he's like, I'm sure it might be a take me a few movies to get back but he's like i love horror i'm sure i'll be back at it because th- th- that dude's done a brand of horror that i have uh, that i feel like it has, it's it's just brand new to me i don't know it's something i haven't seen the a new a new brand of horror that i haven't seen for 20 20 years mm-hmm. it's just, we've seen bits of it he he does something new with yes what is already a pre-existing genre like, i think trauma horror is yeah kind of like the there's something uniquely already about it and already asked her about it that i'm just like I, I know this is already asked her like nobody has done this and i don't know it's hard to pinpoint but yeah the trauma the something visual visually uh about it i don't know but anyway Ari Aster, he he can do no wrong, at least for another movie or two. But if he makes two shitty four-hour comedies, then we might. Uh, the jury's out. I, I, he's got still got a lot to prove for himself after Midsummer. I just kind of want to see him. I don't know, do something a little bit different. But uh, four hours isn't the way to go. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely testing uh, testing our patience a little bit, and I think he knows he he he's allowed to right now. But we'll see. Uh, let's talk about a movie. We'll kind of um, tee up a movie that we all watched with a movie that was very similar that me and Manton watched by... Uh, very similar in, in some ways. Very similar in concept and premise. Um, yeah, yeah, storyline similar, sure. I guess. Sure, and this one is uh, is pertinent because we've actually reviewed this director's movies, and this director is one that we've we've been a fan of with the, with the few movies I've seen of his, and I think he's only done really three full-length features. It's Craig Zoller or Zaylor. And the most notable one that we've talked about on cast is Bone Tomahawk, which is an incredibly spooky, uh, traumatic, using going back to that term, um, kind of uh, Western. Unapologetic Western. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, spooky Western is what we kind of called it, right? <laughs> it's basically a, sp- sure, a spooky yeah. Western. And um, it was great. And that made me want to watch uh, Cell Block 99 or whatever it's called, something like that. Attack, uh, atta- brawl, brawl, brawl on yeah. Cell Block 99. There it yeah. is. Brawl on Cell Block 99, which was... A very interesting movie, and it was also very uh, Craig Zaylor and a, very brutal and traumatic in scenes, mm-hmm. and sometimes very over the top slapsticky, um, which was hmm. interesting as well as far as the gore went and stuff like that. So then we were like, yeah, yeah, I never never got around to seeing it, but I I heard really good things. A lot of people I really trust their opinions on movies really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was certainly enjoyable. It was, it was a different movie than Bone Tomlock, and you know what? It's so funny because. Now I realized, I was like, man, f- this guy makes long movies. But I didn't realize at the time, I realized after watching Dragged Across Concrete, after feeling like I was dragged across, across concrete <laughs> for nearly three hours, now I'm like, this guy made long movies. But Bone Tomlock, looking back, did that seem long to you? Did that feel long Not to you? Not at all. Okay, that's a two hour and 20 minute movie. Uh, that one just keeps you on your toes because I, I think one of the things that I love most about bon- Bone Tomahawk is that it feels consistently creepy throughout, but is like it's enough of a genre piece that you keep getting lulled back into a false sense of security thinking yeah. it's just going to be a Western and then it just surprises you over and over uh, when it keeps doing well, really gnarly shit. Dude, and, yeah. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, even even this movie, to be totally honest, like, uh, it it was very, very long, but it did kind of go by quickly to an extent. Like, yeah. it's a, but, but it's in a different way where the time feels like it just 
evaporated and went somewhere and (laughs) nothing really happens in the movie but yet somehow i was still still kind of I guess, like, interested enough in what was happening. And it was, like, it was edited and filmed in a way like a fucking movie like Crash was back in the day, like, where, like, you have so many different narratives happening at once. So that helps, like, not, makes you not feel like you're fucking uh, watching a four-hour movie like The Irishman did for me by seeing, like, literally, like, four or five different stories happening, like, intermittently. That that helped the pacing. Um, what, what, generally speaking, was it about? I know okay. it's like kind of a crime movie. So, but. Gener- right, yeah, generally yeah, so. speaking, it's basically these two shitty cops, um, basically, like, boomer cops, uh, I guess are relieved of duty for the time being or maybe forever, Minton, you know? Oh, so a fantasy, got it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, so, and they find out about some, I guess, by happenstance or whatever, some kind of robbery that's going to happen, and their plan is to go and kind of intercept this robbery, but for their own purposes, they're going to just fucking kill these guys and take whatever they're getting, which is it happens to be, I, I guess, multiple millions of dollars of gold. Is that right, Minton? Yeah. Yeah, they're basically like staking <laughs> out. I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know. No, no, no. Yeah, the the that's right. I I guess you're just like unsure because you don't. You're not usually the one to give a synopsis. Yeah, but I know. I also just there was like nine different things going on. So like. Okay. Yeah. So so the thing about this is like it, it's it's really following. Technically speaking, it's following two. And separate we should say who they people. are. Like that's part of the reason um, we watched yeah. it. Okay. So yeah, like the main. <laughs> And I and I hesitate to even say main characters, but the main characters are Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn. Um, we also have um, uh, Michael Jai White is in this as well. Is that the guy? Um, is that guy from True Detective that we talked about? Black or Dynamite. No? Yes, that's him. He's yeah. also in True Detective season one. Okay, um, but anyways, so like, basically, you have you have two separate groups, and then the thing that that's really weird about it is like. We're we're following these two Mel Gibson and and Vince Vaughn, and immediately like it's really hard to tell if we are supposed to be um, on board with them or not. Yes, um, I think they are utterly uh, despicable people. But you know, some some of these movies do that where it's like you, you know you're it's 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 something like Uncut Gems where it's like yes, Adam Sandler is an absolute fucking idiot, but you are at on some level supposed to uh, be interested in what's, what's going to happen to him. And Uncut Gems, um, at least you keep holding out hope that he's going to be slightly less of an idiot, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but in this, it's like, it's so strange because we follow them for a long time, but by the end of the movie, I, th- I think it wants us to believe the other set of people are, are the main characters, but basically you have like a third group that is like these weird, um, <laughs> I guess maybe they're like, uh, are they like Russian? Or yeah, something? there's some kind of Eastern European they're, they're, something. Yeah, they're they're like the the real real bad guys. They're like the ones that are they're like laugh- ruthlessly yeah. murdering. It's like people comical and, how like bad they are, which is actually kind of fucked up. It's really mean sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and everybody is extremely racist. Everybody's <laughs> extremely yeah, great. Like like um, there's so many moments in it where it's 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 like is this like boomer humor am i supposed to find this funny or am i supposed to be like oh fuck these people i think the idea is like it's like oh you're supposed to hate all these characters they're everybody's bad which which works in some movies in this case it just didn't but the thing is then you have like like oh god there's just there's so many scenes where people just sort of wax philosophic or wax political and you're like and it's so over the over the top and it's so like direct and they're literally just like the, the way the dialogue is written is so um, matter of fact that it's just so hard to tell, like, what what is this movie trying to say? I, I really don't know. Yeah. It feels like it's trying to say something, and none of the things that it seems like it's saying are any good at all. So that was off-putting. But then it's also the fact that the movie itself is just really dull, and it's so many scenes. Like, I, I was telling Devin this, but, but there's a scene um, where uh, Vince and Mel Gibson are... Uh, staking out yeah. the the bad guys, and uh, Vince is just like slowly eating a sandwich, and it felt a lot like something you would see in like Blue Velvet or Mulholland Drive. But the thing about in those movies is like David Lynch, his sense of humor is very like Tim and Eric. It's like just have someone do something silly for a really long time, and it 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 hits that you know maybe not for Dylan, but for a lot of people, it hits <laughs> that like comedic beat. But in this movie, it's like it's so hard to tell if he's trying to be funny, and if he is. 
it's pathetic because it's not funny. Yeah, it's, it's not funny it's, at all. There's literally like no no exaggeration. A scene of in complete silence except the the audio of of, of Vince Vaughn chewing for a good. I want to say, and, and and I'm picturing that in my head, and I want to say that's funny. No, and it it's sounds not. funny. And it's not. Well, there's some problems there, funny. and I, I want to say literally, and this might be undershooting at 30 seconds, maybe 40 to a minute. But when that's happening for that long, it's it feels like an eternity. It's insane. And and it's supposed to be funny because it's like, wow, I get it, like mundane, whatever. And then I guess Mel Gibson's kind of shooting him some looks and he's like, next time, don't get this kind of sandwich. And they're going for this buddy cop kind of, uh, I'm going to, of course, say like Marty and Russ, true detective kind of thing uh, where they kind of, you know, get on each other's nerves, but they like each other. But it's just completely whiffing. You have a completely fucking like weathered and like uh, and, and rough Mel Gibson who hasn't done a fucking movie in forever and uh, Vince Vaughn who I feel like keeps picking up these dramatic roles and not figuring out how to fucking do them he's been he's, trying it since the Psycho reboot and I feel yeah. like he's never really quite hit it I, I actually like I don't think it's his fault at all I, like to be honest with this movie I feel like he's just so uh, he's a non-entity he's like he doesn't matter. I don't. Like, I don't necessarily. I think he's gotten some 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 bad um, some bad parts. I think Nick Pizzolatto had let him down in in the second True Detective. He he had horrible yeah, writing. Yeah, this is what I mean. Like, but I think I haven't seen Cell Block Cell Block uh, Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine. But I've heard he's very good in that. He's he's exactly what you'd expect. The, the fact is, the, the movie around it is actually just a better movie in, in general. So he's been put in some right, pretty sure. bad stuff. Uh, I say bad stuff, but stuff that you would uh, you you would hope it was better. In this case, I thought this movie would be good. In in True Detective's case, everybody thought, "Holy shit, season two, this should be good." Um, but Cell Block is actually not boring and is fun and whatnot. But um. Yeah, I guess overall, I guess what we're getting at is this movie fucking was a, a bummer to watch. It was not an enjoyable experience. This, this is, it's honestly crazy to me that it has, I'm I'm looking online, and I know Rotten Tomato score is not, a, yeah, not everything, yeah, yeah. but it has a 75, which to me is honestly re- way too high. It, it, way, way, yeah, way too yeah. high for this movie. I, I think the movie was genuinely pretty bad but like on a tactical level it picks level, up a little at the end yes, but then yeah. but then the very end is really bad too so it, i don't it's craig zayler and he, we've seen the other stuff he's done i've seen the other stuff and on a technical level he, he knows what he's doing and i could see some people being like oh you were bored with this well that's just because you didn't get it like it's one of those <laughs> fucking movies no i love dry as boring movies i mean i just mentioned the vast of night that's a very slow movie literally people just talking in a room sure yeah. thrilling compared to this oh yeah no like I'm, I'm, I'm and, and like i i just i also just want to like point out again like just how bad the writing is in this like there's a part that is definitely supposed to be funny where mel gibson goes in and he's at like a a, a ritzy clothing shop and he he's like kind of waiting on uh um, yeah. the the manager to come out and he's talking to the, the the woman at the front desk and he's like he's like how much for that uh jacket over there she's like oh, four thousand dollars he's like is it bulletproof yeah and, like hard cut like we're supposed to just think that's so funny that's it, but like the, the, that's his whole character all the writing is like this like to me like all the writing was like this like he his his wife she's like there's a scene where she's like she's like you know i'm pretty liberal but i'm pretty racist too like oh yeah it's just, yeah it's so like in your face about that it's just like it seems what? really what ill-advised to have cast mel gibson in a movie yes yeah just, like kind of racist he plays a so, character this like, is the thing yes the lines yes, this is the thing yeah. like 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 Seems I, I feel to make like a movie that's kind of racist in the first place but exactly and, and it, it comes across like he's like saying like look how not racist i am and being really racist in the in the process so well, he didn't so want to stretch too hard it's just, it, you know <laughs> cast him as a racist because he already is it wasn't yeah. it's not the worst two hour two and a half three hours to to, to spend uh watching or whatever we've, we've definitely watched I, I, but i definitely uh don't but want to spend my that time being said i would say this this movie for real if it, it's it's just a, a, a plotting disjointed kind of mean semi-racist like misguided mess it's just they're, they're, those are Boy, all me up exactly <laughs> it's not funny it's really long 
Um, it's insensitive. And at the end of the day, the only things that stuck with me were some pretty brutal, mean scenes uh, involving these killers just killing innocent people in, in really yeah. fucked up fashion. And, yeah. and that worked in Bone Tomlock because it kind of served the purpose of the movie, you know? Um, Bone Tomlock, it was fucking scary. It was like, scary and effective. Yeah, and, yeah. and this, it was just kind of like, okay, well, these are really fucking mean, I guess, Eastern European dudes that we have no reason to know. We know nothing I'm, about. I'm wondering if that's We maybe, literally don't see their faces until like the end of the movie. Yeah. They, they don't matter, basically. I'm wondering if we should be kind of worried about the guy because Bone Tomahawk, as much as I really love that movie, has some like not great necessarily reads Dude, on that's what, that's what Native we, Americans. We were talking, we were talking about, about this that, now. Yeah. We're like, maybe we yeah. should go back and check on... Maybe this guy's racist. I, yeah. I was like, I was like I'm, I'm scared to look at this dude's Twitter right now because I don't... Because yeah. I, I, I was like... I, I'm scared I of like, what I might see. I was like, man, now I'm starting to remember like Vince Vaughn just beating dudes, beating like black dudes' asses in jail. <laughs> like... And then I like think back to Bone Tomlock. I'm like, they're pretty insensitive about those. Might the be way a pattern they, here. Yeah, about the Native Americans, huh? Um, we'll see. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for his next movie. It'll probably be six hours long and <laughs> just about straight up Nazis. He and Ari Aster can just jerk each other off. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking what is this bullshit? Like, I'm going to be a boomer guy now. Like, fuck, stop with this bullshit. Three hour bullshit, dude. Like, I've been saying, man, I it's it's a trend that I'm really not excited like, to see. Scorsese tried it and he fucking... It, it wasn't good. It, it, there was there was a, a brief run of it there in like the 1998 to 2002 where like we had Godzilla 98 and like the Lord of the oh Rings boy. stuff that was really long. But like with the exception of Godzilla 98, some of those deserved it. I, I it's weird I, that like, I, I we, don't, I don't we think got short again and then we got long. It's, I'm, I, I don't I'm think it's it. going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I literally think I, I really don't. I think um, after the Irishman made so much so, such big news and everyone's like, oh shit, three hour and a half. I think other directors like fuck yeah i'll do this too but hopefully that's just a little flash in the pan because i I I think the reality is though that like a lot of these movies get made and you know the original cut is like three to four hours long i think that's like a totally normal thing but then it gets cut down you know like that's just how it works and should be editing is incredibly important in making movies again if scorsese can't make a three and a half hour movie that doesn't feel long then fucking nobody can the dude's like the best director in the world like stop Stop trying this shit. We can't. We can't all make Tokyo Vampire Hotel. <laughs> that's also that's, true. But again, that movie that, three hours yeah, that flies. That by. movie felt yeah. pretty long too. I feel like all those movies still felt long, but I enjoyed. Okay, it. but why don't you play? Why don't you play Hell? Is really long, but it does not. That was like two and a, two and a half. I think two twenty. I bet. But either way, you're, you're pushing it at two twenty. You better be <laughs> fucking good. And it, I, it, there better not be a scene that I felt like is dragged on too long because then you fucked up. Um, yeah. So we also watched um, literally a. A better it just sounds like rendition a good version of it, of, yeah. of of of, of uh, dragged across concrete. Yeah, that's why we were talking about because we, me and Manton, almost wanted to wash the taste out of our mouth, like like Dylan said about uh, about uh, the the, lo- the, the the what the the lodge, the lodge, yeah, the first lodge. ten minutes of the lodge at least. But we wanted to do the same thing. We were like, oh, that was just kind of a bummer, and I feel like I've been I've been dragged across concrete. Let's and and I was like, you know what? There's another movie that had an extremely similar concept that was totally just way 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 off the charts better, and just a ninety minute. Little fucking romp um, with also some trips, you know, not just a romp, some twists and turns. So yeah, it, uh, you would say romp, but that's uh, that's what I expected going in. And actually, one of the reasons why I was impressed by this movie is that yes. it's not as much of a romp as you'd think. So what is it? What, what's the movie and what's it about? Uh, yeah, uh, Devin and Manton watched this one and they were like, hey, we should just watch this. We should review a, a movie uh, for once. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so I did. Uh, this is the trust uh, from 2016, a movie that I had no idea existed. Strangely, never heard about it, even as a cage head. Didn't yeah, even know. Uh, stars Nicholas Cage and Elijah Wood, uh, two of our boys. Yes. And, uh, what a hashtag! Good bring us wood, give us wood. It's a it's a, an unusual pairing. I don't think I would have. Uh, put it down on paper but it works and they fucking nail it and that's why after watching mel gibson of all people and vince vaughn two a-list celebrities and two phenomenal actors to boot after watching them completely faceplant trying to do their you you know with their chemistry and then seeing two other very different actors and nick cage and elijah wood and seeing them just fucking sing it was just like okay this can work it's just they fucking they blew it in the last movie so yeah (laughs) to sit to yeah i'm kind of piggyback off you i really love to see the chemistry between cage and wood it was so natural it's and it's weird to say that too because I I think this is one of the best uses of Nicolas Cage that we've gotten in a long time. Yeah, I uh, agree. I, you know, a lot of stuff that tends to lean into his like incredible over the top weird individual acting style. Uh, like Mandy uses him well, but it uses him in like the ballistic nutsoid version. Yeah, it's kind of like one note too. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's it. This one, 
this is this is a surprisingly good use because when you start the movie, Nick Cage is a little weird in this one, like a little off as he always is. But I was I, I kept waiting for him to turn. I was like, this is not quite as Nick Cage as I would have expected. There's a couple of line readings here and there, but uh, he seems like a fairly normal dude uh, given the circumstances. But it really uses the the switch really well. Um, generally speaking, this movie is about uh, two bad cops who try to do a crime. It sounds exactly like yeah. across concrete. Uh, but here they basically, you know, because of financial reasons, decide that they're going to track uh, some money that they think might be moving. Come to find out that there might be a vault in Vegas uh, that is holding this money and they try to hatch a plan to break into it. Uh, it's it's cool. It's a, it's a weird bit of dynamic where, like, you're not really sure who's ringleading who at various times in this movie and uh, and where exactly it's going to fall. It's cool. Yeah. Um uh, man, you want to go ahead and t- you haven't mis- uh, t- talked much about this one yet. We're gonna, I guess, we're gonna review this normally, huh? <laughs> yeah. So one thing that I liked immediately is like it's um the the, the tone of this movie is just right because it, it is it is definitely funny and there's yeah, like moments sure. that you know we we were I I had to stop like midway through because it was getting really late, but I was watching a good portion of this. Uh, over Netflix party with, with Devin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were like laughing out loud at a lot of it and, and it definitely has a lot of that stuff in it. Um, but you can definitely like sense that, that things, you know, are, are going to get kind of serious. Um, especially early on, like once, uh, you have like Nicholas Cage, who's really just roping, uh, Elijah Wood into all this. Yeah. And he's someone that, that comes across as like in kind of a bad place in his life and clearly doesn't really know, he, he seems unsure of himself in general and um, Nicholas Cage is kind of pushing him on and egging him on and um, so they had to like get money to buy this drill uh, from order this drill from Germany that they're going to use to uh, perform the heist and uh, Elijah Wood gets in on this like really fucked up situation where they're going to like shake down these uh, yeah. other uh, drug group of people that they're going to steal this money from and you know like you get these flashes of seriousness yeah, and then, yeah. of course like as the movie movie progresses things get worse and worse and worse that, that scene so is it, where it all starts to kind of turn on yes. the dime it's a uh, really good yeah, scene with Ethan yeah. Suppley who's yes. yeah, been in a lot of stuff is yeah. fucking terrifying and it, and it was really like yep. genuinely upsetting and hard to watch uh, mm-hmm. especially given the current climate and uh, and mm-hmm. you know what cops are actually doing it's some mm-hmm. some real like mean and 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 realistic police brutality uh, it yeah. was really really fucking hard to watch out of kind of nowhere in the movie but it sticks that and it sticks with that that kind of like lean into darkness and uh, kind of plummets for the rest of the movie in a way that w- worked really well yeah yeah um nick cage uh you get the you get the full fucking gamut of him because again you get you do and it's not the thing that that's nice about it is like there's there's two like problems with a lot of movies that have Nicolas Cage right there's like there's to me the the biggest problem is like tons of movies try to use utilize him as like this action star yeah like you see it in um, even in the best examples of it are are like Ghost Rider and shit which are still not good movies. But like, National there's so many. Hell, but th- that's another one where they're yeah, like, sure. you could have cast but, anybody. But he's else. he's so miscast as this like action hero. He's just not that. He's just it's just not. <laughs> it's not yeah, for him for sure. But then you also have like the ones that try too hard to make him zany. Like I kind of liked. Um, was it Mom and Dad? Yeah, yeah. But that's definitely but, an example. You know that that's that's like pushing it a little too far. And even for me, even uh, Color of Space had a little bit too much of it, where it was like he was very clearly just doing Vampire's Kiss again yeah. at times. Um, but this movie, I think, utilized him really well because he was just this like this wild card that you never really could quite tell his intentions. Like, um, yeah, he, you know, he, he was a little odd, but he was still charming. He was still kind of endearing. But you could tell that like he's much more willing to go a lot farther than uh, Elijah Wood's character was. So most yeah, the, of the most the of the dynamic best between the movie them was good. are about like his darkness peeking through and you being like, holy shit, is he going to go there? Like, is he going to go that far? Dude, the most, the most fucked up part in the movie is um not, not to give away too much, but there's a part where Nicholas Cage uh, <laughs> shoots someone unexpectedly yeah. uh, during like a, a, a deal. And it was just 
the most fucking ruthless. That's when you thing. first like, see Nicholas is is not fucking around, and that's a, yeah. that's actually kind of a mild spoiler. Uh, but I mean, it's still worth watching because I know first Nicholas Cage shoots him. Well, yeah, well I, it's, I wouldn't say it's a, a spoiler. It'll be fine. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying like the first thirty minutes of the movie, I th- I thought he was just old old jolly good boy. Uh, yeah, it feels like right, it's gonna yeah. go on kind of like a, a joyful heist kind of direction, and then it's like, no, actually, this heist is really realistic. This isn't Ocean's Eleven where everything goes without a hitch. This yeah. is like. The, the planning of this is done <laughs> really a, poorly. Yeah, they're they're yeah, going to get a scene in trouble. Where Elijah Wood is like, he's like, um, oh god, I can't remember Nick's character's name, but he's like, Nick, are are we fucked? And he's like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, no. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah. Like you could tell, there's there's a lot of doubt in in both of them. Um, and it, and we've we've sung the praises of uh, Nicholas Cage. I loved Elijah. He's Wood. so good. Yeah, a really good great. use of him. He plays like somebody that. You you want it? You feel kind of bad for at all times. Like he plays a puppy dog, uh, really well. And uh, yeah. this is a, a really good version of of the Elijah Wood classic. Yeah, for sure. And it's the aptly named trust because I mean the whole time, and obviously no 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 spoilers, but you're wondering like is this is this for real? Does this guy really want Elijah on board with this? And what what's his fucking you know what's his motive here? And it's kind of a guessing game from beginning to end. To what's going to happen with that? A lot of fun. It's just if you're a heist head like me, I fucking my favorite movies of all time are heist movies. You know, whether it's Heat I or love a, good heist. love a Good Heist, and this one is just a nice little ninety minute heist. It's just like a a, a small sample size of like a Heat. Uh, if you were to just kind of zoom in on one heist, um, of course, again, like it's very real. There's lots a lot of fuck ups. They're not as as well oiled as the dudes in Heat or anything. It felt to me less like a like a heist movie and more like a Coen Brothers style fiasco movie. Sure. Where, like, the people involved in this are not masterminds. You know it's going to go wrong, and you know that something you know is going to shit the bed at some point, and it's kind of just waiting for that that shoe to drop. That this movie does really well. Yeah, it's just it's a very impressive ninety minute feature that I, from a director I've never heard of. Like I I think that there there's not much that goes wrong in the film, unlike the heist itself. It's just like they they do everything pretty well, and you have two uh, brilliant actors that that kind of carry the the movie on its shoulders. It's it's great, um, and that's on Netflix too. So check that out. Uh, the trust. Let's get on out of here with uh, a question that we have from. Um, I'm just going to grab it, uh, one randomly from one of the uh, video nasties. Program a drive-in double feature. I've already thought Ooh. of mine. They said you can't use TCM or Halloween, and that makes sense. Um, mine's going to be. I'm still going to have a classic as the headliner, but you, you know I got to have a, a, a gritty, nasty fucking video, nasty fucking B horror for the fucking B side of the of the reel. So, on the B side of my film, I'm going to have uh, "Don't Go in the House" is going to be my opening feature. That's a good one. Yeah. So, I, wait, are you going to open with "Don't Go in the House"? It's going to open with it because I want to have like a, a, a kind of a gritty B horror feel for the first movie. So okay. it was going to be that one's dark as hell. I just feel like that one. Uh, it is dark. Might leave after that one. Well, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be there. I don't care who else is there. Fair enough. Um, it was going to be that or or like a blood rage or something like that. But I was gonna, yeah, blood rage is going to be one. Of my <laughs> I'm, st- I'm going to stick with uh, "Don't Go in the House." That's my favorite. B, I don't know if like technically it's a B horror, but it it has that feel to me. And then my headliner will be right around the same time. In fact, uh, is it going to be uh, Carrie? Of course, I got to do Carrie from nineteen seventy six. I think Don't Go in the House is like nineteen eighty or nineteen seventy nine even. Uh, so that'll be my let's say that'll be my nineteen seventy nine double feature. Will be. Don't go in the house, and then headlining will be Carrie with all those spooky, amazing little intermissions and and commercials to boot. Um, what do you say, Dylan? Mm, uh, it, it's a little harder to say because I don't know that I would want necessarily a huge gulf of tone or difference uh, like yours is going for there. I think for me, I like to watch slashers in a drive-in setting more than anything. For sure. Um, and I would have to say the double feature of two bits of good schlock uh blood rage would be a good one for sure interchangeable with intruder i'd do one yeah. or the other and then uh follow that up with one that's a little less schlocky a little uh just overall better and do uh the burning probably. there you go yeah i this uh, that was gonna be a uh, those are all floating in my fucking head my my criteria was i want one b one kind of like grittier b horror you one uh trashier sloshier sloshier one and then one headliner, and the other one was I want I want to have some uh, kind of two different movies because again I love the whole like themed thing when we when we do marathons, but you get a little bit of um, 
I don't know, fatigue when I, when I watch like three movies in a row that all have this, a similar setting and a similar premise, you know? So I like yeah. to have two very different. That's why when, my favorite marathons we've had are just four completely different movies, you know? So that's true. Yeah. You're not getting fatigued. Um, Manton. So tell me what the prompt was again. There's no prompt. I was it's drive in double feature. Drive in double feature. Okay. Okay. Because I, I missed that part, and then I had heard everything else you guys said. I was no. trying to piece <laughs> that you could have guessed, buddy. I, I was I was like getting sucked into reading reviews for Drive to Cost Across. Oh Concrete, God! And I was feeling way better about. I'm feeling now feeling way better about my take on the movie. Okay, good. I, I, I'm going to read these to you guys later in private because wow. Anyways, um, yeah. So I I was actually thinking something kind of like this the other day. I was thinking about like what would be fun like projector watches. Um, yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, so yeah, I was thinking, I think the faculty would be a fun oh, one hell to do. Yeah. For Good sure. Choice. That one fucking rules. Um, yeah. And then as far as after that, I don't know. I, I kind of want to stick with like the, uh, around the same time period. So I, I almost want to say, um, like maybe final destination. Good call. That's a perfect I like one. yours best of all, actually. I, I think I would go for that nineties drive in. That's an incredible nineties drive in. Um, I, I just have to do seventies if I do a drive in, but no, like nineties, that, that would be. Yeah. Those definitely have the right vibe to them but i was trying to i guess think mine's an 80s one too we covered our decades we That's covered our decades yeah, boys yeah. yeah the only three decades that exist exactly right, yeah. well no one's trying it's to all been downhill since then. we've we've done some 2000s drive-ins though we uh, we recently did ready or not and scary stories so i did but yeah ready or not scary stories is a great double feature i honestly can't think of a better uh, i mean that was fantastic uh, t- uh, as far as the 2000s go i'm sure i did 2010s, that too. Yeah, i sorry. definitely watched <laughs> halloween too <laughs> drop zombies uh, thir- 13 ghosts <laughs> 13 ghosts is that that would be a that fun would be drive-in. a good one yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I was thinking more like Saw and stuff like that, but yeah, I I, I did do double features. I, I, again, I saw Halloween two, Rob Zombie's Halloween two at the drive-in, the one where every redneck oh, in America right, yeah. tries to beat Michael Myers up, <laughs> yeah. and it goes as well as they planned. Yeah, that movie yeah. fucking blows. I saw some shitty movies at the drive-in. It really does. Uh, I saw. I think I saw the the Crazies remake that was in the two thousands. That was. I've never seen that. That's supposed to be good, isn't it? It's not. Every movie that's supposed to be good in the two thousands <laughs> are not good. It's just because like people are like, just this one was better than fucking. It's better Hall- than you would think. It was better than Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween two. So I'll give it a six point two. There was. Oh damn. Yeah, there was no bar set in that decade. Um, you don't want to read any of these reviews right now. Before one of the, one of these choice reviews. No. I don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> Why not? The <laughs> listeners are probably so curious. No, no, just look them up. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put this into our podcast. Okay. I don't want to do well, it. Listeners, now, if you're intrigued, look up the dragon. Uh, excuse me. Just, just the one. The one. The ones on Google. The one. The user reviews. The audience reviews. The Google, Google. audience reviews of Jagged Cross Country. Whew, I can't imagine. I bet there's mia. some boomers just like, yeah, man, Mel Gibson. Hey, he's saying uh, what say we're all thinking. Say it like it is. It's. It is. It's it's a bunch oh, of alt right weirdos and holy shit. It's uh, it's bad. I'm, I, I just I can't, would rather not publish them. I feel that. Yep. Yeah, let's not give those guys more of a voice than they already have. Those fucking freaks. Right. Um, all right, let's get out of here then. Uh, last question. Fuck Mary Kill. The video nasties. <laughs> Ooh. I'm just gonna go. Wait, the video nasties. Oh gosh. Okay. I, I think I, I'll uh, I'll fuck Paul because I bet he'll. Cut. We're all gonna fuck Paul, uh, right? Yeah. He'll, he'll, I don't, I, honestly, I think I'm gonna marry Paul. I feel like he, uh, that way I could uh, take advantage of his video collection. Well, I'm fucking Paul because he he's a good cub. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be a great cuddler. He's he just seems like a a good. He's a big bear. He looks like a big snuggly bear. Um. Um, I'm going to fuck Chris Mike instead. I'm, I'm going to fuck Paul. I'm going to marry Pat because he has horses in the projector. I was going to say, I'm going to marry Pat. You know, he's, he's, and I'm gonna, he's got a... He's got a good job. I gotta kill Mike because I called him Chris that one time and I'm embarrassed. So I'm just, <laughs> so I kill him out I'm of embarrassment. Never mind. I see. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill Pat because I feel like it would be like the most dangerous game. Like it would be an actual challenge. And every other, every like other he's, listener he's is like, who the fuck are these people? I know. Sorry, listeners. And what what are your fucking in uh, kills? The same as yours. Same as yours. All right. Sorry, uh, Chris. Mike. Who gets first? I'm just. On I just. Show. I've never let that shame down. So I just have to kill you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, but frankly, I would fuck Mary yeah, fuck or kill any of you guys. Does that does that count? <laughs> <laughs> Love all three of you. You're, you're a people pleaser, is what you exactly. are. Exactly, people fucker, people pleaser, people marrier, and killer. Um, all right, now yeah, I guess that's it on behalf of the horrible crew and Bluster. Thanks for listening and stay spooky. Like Bluster, I guess. I'll fuck. Guess. I'll fucking kill and fuck Bluster too. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Ooh, boo. 
That's our new regular outro. I'll fuck loser too. <laughs> I'll fuck loser too. <laughs> Bye. Wait.